Hello and welcome to the most recent episode of Voicing Vulnerabilities in Higher Education. I'm here today uh, with our guest Sophie Mitchell who works at the Multifaith Chaplaincy and graduated from the University of Bristol in 2019. Am I right in saying that? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, thank you for coming on Sophie because I actually know Sophie from the Multifaith Chaplaincy because I'm a regular attendant. <laughs> Um, someone who um, actively enjoys this sp community space, uh, which was both useful as a study space, but also a place to socialise and engage in kind of faith traditions when I've recently joined um, Sister Jin Ho's meditation group, which she offers each morning there. And I just wanted to talk about the importance of community spaces at university and nurturing social connections and belonging at university and why why it's so significant especially during such challenging and uncertain times so i just wanted to start with kind of like congratulating the chaplaincy on kind of how successful <laughs> genuinely on some of some of the initiatives you have like the soup lunch on a monday mm. you enter the chaplaincy and it's just jam-packed full of students and the energy is just so nice isn't it how, how yeah. do you enjoy it yeah well thanks for having me on the podcast Owen um yeah definitely Monday soup lunches are my it's Monday's my favorite day of the week they're often definitely the most tiring and once we finish I kind of have to sit in the office and just have a little detox for half an hour before I start work again um, but yeah we start we have volunteers and we and we start cooking from about 10 in the morning and then at 12 30 we serve soup to between about 40 to 60 people every Monday um, all staff and students at the University of Bristol and um, and you're right it's just a really buzzing environment um, so many people make new friendships um, at our soup lunches and connect with old friends and it's just it's so nice to see when we're serving the soup so many people having really great conversations and just enjoying themselves yeah i can actually speak for that i've like met quite a few new friends via just like having a break from studying just to have soup and i think it stands out because we i remember we lost kind of this uh, communal eating a place called the refectory a few mm. years back and I remember some comments by students of how how they missed kind of affordable food and being able to eat with friends so I think when when word got out about this kind of soup <laughs> lunch that the multi-faith chaplaincy was offering it was very well received and um, I remember having a conversation with uh, some second year students and I, I just it's so wholesome I love these women mm. I love what they're doing and <laughs> it was really nice to have that kind of um enthusiasm about kind of um, things that are, are being done to make the university more sociable and mm. because I, I think with the success of the uh, student union living room and mm. also like the kind of um, increased like uh, interest in using the multi-faith chaplaincy for like community events mm. and uh, university societies it does seem to testify to the importance of kind of community and belonging yeah. and something that the faith traditions, I guess, have traditionally offered. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I mean, as a student, I also used the SU living room lots during my final year and I loved it. And I really noticed how much kind of shared communal spaces um, in the university, but also generally in 
around cities seems to be decreasing. So then spaces like the SU living room and the multi-faith chaplaincy just become more and more special. And I've always felt like the multi-faith chaplaincy is a hidden gem on campus. And it is just like a micro community. Um, and it's funny how lots of the people that come to our soup lunches on a Monday, they'll only come to the chaplaincy for that purpose on a Monday and not not again during the week but then lots of other students also come back and they want to learn more about what you know the other services that the chaplaincy offers the other events that they put on that we put on and um and some want to talk to chaplains about different problems that they're having so it's nice to get that you know we're there for those students that need extra support but if not we're just there to provide um a kind of escape from the busyness of university life yeah I think yeah you've put it quite well an escape from the busyness of university life is a nice way because I remember I've been there sometimes and it'll be a much quieter day at the chaplaincy and I'll just sit on the sofas and look out the large windows and just try and meditate and I'm like oh because you so many of the libraries now are quite concentrated with students that having this kind of yeah hidden gem where you can just tap out and Mm. yeah for a little while and relax in terms Mm. of um kind of letting kind of listeners know of the services and kind of the initiatives that the chaplaincy offers I wonder if you could like talk about a few of them because I know a lot of students would be interested in knowing about kind of the conversations you're offering I remember attending Mm. one on faith and well-being which was really helpful for me and we had kind of I remember uh, I think it was Ed who was uh, reciting a really Mm. nice poem which really kind of resonated with me about um, kind of capturing uh, snatches of lovely oblivion even through hard times and uh, mm. yeah I wonder if you wanted yeah. to talk about that yeah sure so yeah um I feel like I'm doing a promo video for the chat <laughs> which is what I've been doing this, this is my <laughs> idea to be honest and <laughs> uh, um, yeah so at the chaplaincy we run um a series of events um, both annual and regular so regularly we run often meditation sessions like Owen was I own you were talking about earlier Um, we run socials like our Monday soup lunches on Fridays we also have another lunch which is run by students um, called the pop-up cafe and that's when a group of students come in and they collect food waste um, and create a really nice lunch and then have like share that community lunch and raising money for local charities Um, the uh, series that Owen was talking about that you were talking about Owen was um, wisdom talks that we have once every term and there are a series of talks led by our chaplains and one I must add that our chaplains are from all faith backgrounds um, and they're talks about how faith interacts with different areas of our lives so we've covered well-being we've covered um, academia like work finance lots of different areas and these these events are just chance that like give students and staff the chance to explore different areas of faith and spirituality in a completely neutral safe space so because we're a multi-faith chaplaincy we're not trying to push any agenda or worldview onto our users but instead just provide a a, a space for people to talk openly about um about you know their views of faith and spirituality and then on the annual level we do things like the university of bristol carol service at christmas and then our most popular event is the um faith crawl where we take staff and students on a tour of different faith centers in bristol different local faith centers and that is my favorite event i've been on five 
faith crawls now both as a student and then as a staff of the chaplaincy and it's just such a great opportunity to connect with different local um, faith centers and just learn about you know you might walk past um, the same mosque or synagogue or church every day but you have no idea what it's like um, being a Muslim or a Jew or a Christian in Bristol today so it gives you a chance to ask those questions really openly in a like a safe and protected environment yeah that's that's a really great initiative because I know from conversations with like peers about how some students can feel like even though Bristol is not a campus university, it can certainly feel like you're in a bubble of around mm. Woodland Road <laughs> and Senate House. And I think some students might only be touching base with the city and engaging with their city is when they're going out in the evening rather than in their day-to-day -day learning. And I know that some academics and uh, teachers are trying to push for more, you know, teaching mm. through the city and like engaging with the city to learn because I think it leads, leaves a lasting impression when you know you go and you have conversations with people around the city and you engage mm. in communities because um and it yeah mm. re and reveals an insight yeah I was gonna say I think Bristol is so rich in culture and tradition especially religious traditions um and it's just there are so many different religious communities and it's just such a shame to only spend your time at university in the you know the university bubble rather than going out to those places that are slightly further away from campus to learn you know to to learn about different people's life experiences yeah it's it's really nice to hear that and i think in certain these kind of trying times at the moment i think knowing that the university has spaces and has a kind of a group a team effort of people trying to make sure students are connecting and mm. creating a sense of belonging because i mean there was various um kind of staggering results this year in terms of there were article released on epigram in terms of like one third of students say they're like high levels of loneliness i think it seems that for me mitigating um, the onset of loneliness was through the multi-faith chaplaincy and if I ever had like a day of feeling a bit kind of mm. lost and not knowing where to go I'd kind of you know touch base there and there'd always be someone friendly to chat to or so I think it's probably one of the few places at university where after freshers week someone will still start a new conversation with you I think that sometimes yeah. gets lost after you know people consolidate their friendships in mm -hmm. um, the first few months the first year um, I mean, I know I'm promoting it as though I'm yeah. a marketing officer, but I think it was something I wanted to touch on because I think as working on wellbeing this year, I've seen how isolating, you know, study mm -hmm. can be if you're not someone who studies with friends successfully or you're someone who struggles to kind of reach out mm -hmm. to people and ask for help. Um, and I wondered now in terms of, how this transition is to working remotely and how mm -hmm. what kind of ideas the chaplaincy had in making sure students or the people who regularly attended the chaplaincy are still in touch with each other or still you know touching base yeah so obviously this has been a really 
unusual and in lots of ways horrible transition um what we loved so much about the chaplaincy is that it created this physical community and obviously now that the building is shut and we haven't we haven't been in the building since the end of march it's been really sad to miss that and i i definitely um am willing to put my hands up and say that i'm quite sad that we're missing out on this opportunity and especially for lots of people it's their last term at university and you know that is um one of the most special times that i have at university and it's it's been really unfairly taken from them um and something i loved so much about working at the chaplaincy was just being able to you know you don't I don't organise to see students. I just go into the kitchen and have a quick catch up and a chat and check in with them. And something that's been really strange is that lots of those students, now that we're are not able to see them in person, I'm not able to communicate them with at all because I don't have their contact details. I, you know, I might know their first name, but not their second name. So I can't um, kind of find them to get in touch with them. Um, and lots of our students have, uh, lots of our regulars students have reached out and contacted us and we've managed to keep in touch with them that way, which is amazing. That's great. But there are still a few students that I think actually, if we were still in the building, I'd probably be able to catch up with you once a week or once every couple of weeks. And that's been lost. So that's a bit strange, but we have as much as possible tried to move our, um, weekly timetable onto Zoom. So we're doing less events than we normally would. Um, and also when obviously as a building, we're not open to societies running their regular events in the chaplaincy, which we had a lot we had a lot of through the week. Um, but our core events as the chaplaincy team, we've tried to move most of them online. So we've still got socials on Mondays and Thursdays for international students. And Jin, Sister Jin Ho, our Buddhist chaplain, is running daily meditations in the mornings and the evenings. We're also running a staff meditation group on the Wednesday. And then on the Tuesday, we've got a Bible reading group. Sorry, I know that was not in chronological order. but <laughs> It's fine. Um, yeah, so as much as possible, we're trying to run, continue running these sessions. Um, we also, our chaplains are available for doing one-to-ones with students. Some of those um, were continuing from the one-to-ones that they had in person, and some of them are new students that are coming in. So um, if you or anyone that you know um, thinks might benefit from having one-to-ones with a chaplain, they don't need to, it doesn't need to be about anything religious or spiritual, just a supporting um, ear to listen to, you know, to listen to your troubles or your issues. Please get in touch with me or the team. Um, we've also, since the lockdown, um, to try and create, to try and recreate some of that community, um, started up a chaplaincy blog. Um, and the posts are, submitted by our regulars, our chaplains, um, some staff at the university that haven't been involved with the chaplaincy but want to have some sort of input. Um, and that's quite new and it's, um, it's just started recently, but it, we're really enjoying running it. We're really enjoying learning about how people are coping during lockdown and how they're um, finding new ways to create community now that we can't meet in the chaplaincy. Um, so if you haven't looked at the blog, please do check it out. It's great fun. Mm. Yeah, no, I would recommend everyone to check that out because I certainly have more time to be browsing. Yeah. But I've, as I'm someone who's attending these uh, meditation uh, Zoom sessions with Sister Jinho every morning, and I think that is one of the most sustained access to community, so to speak, 
um, that I have. And it's, it's, a stra- it's still strange, though. Strange is the right word because I'm still very lucky that, you know, the, you, you guys are still offering this kind of opportunity to nurture social connections. But you're kind of, you're close, but you're not quite there because, you know, there's still buffering in the internet and there's still yeah. that kind of sense of distance. But, mm-hmm. I mean, um, we're, we're all trying our best anyway but I find it interesting and I'm curious to know kind of how the staff meditations are going because what I like about the chaplaincy services is that you're working for both staff and student needs and it it goes back to a kind of message that I've kind of been um, reiterating is that you know to have flourishing students and the well-being of students the well-being of staff also needs to coexist Mm. because you're feeding into each other do you know how, how, what the reception of those kind of uh, yeah yeah so i go to staff meditations most weeks um and the, again similar to the student meditation groups it's a really good intake of people coming um most of our sessions actually we uh, we have opened the staff and students as a mixed group um and because as the chaplaincy we are here to serve all staff and students at the university um and i do think that it's it's really important and be, can be really um, significant bringing staff and students together, especially in kind of a more relaxed setting so that they can share different experiences and learn from one another. Um, but the reason that we do staff and student meditation separate is so that staff can get a, um, a bit of a, um, yeah, I don't know how to say this. Um, a, just a bit of private meditation time, I suppose, a bit, a bit of a break yeah. from the university setting. And that's the same with students as well. So they can kind yeah. of both escape each side. Yeah, I think, I think in a certain level, I think perhaps if there was so many students and staff together in a meditation, perhaps that kind of pressure for professionalism from university staff and I think I know there's often quite an uh, an aspect of meditation where people open up about their days and their troubles and sometimes that might not want to cross too far between staff and students so, so it's just that, about creating yeah. a safe space there mm-hmm. really yeah but I do think I guess like you said when, what was lost was that kind of both staff and students could pop in and out of the chaplaincy and like have tea in the kitchen. I remember having quite a few cups of tea with staff members just casually instead of going to their office to talk about an essay. It was just like, oh no, we'll just go to the chaplaincy and have it in a more relaxed setting. And I think that is as much as there are, you know, there's still a lot of opportunities with digital learning. There are some aspects which you just can't recreate. And I think Mm. that is what I would, um, one a point I'd like to reiterate when kind of the decisions are made in the senior management <laughs> about where the university heads after you know the coronavirus post-coronavirus mm. world what we kind of what kind of values we want to sustain and what kind of new ones we want to adopt because obviously there's some really great attributes to digital learning but there are also some great attributes to you know physical connection and proximity with one another <laughs> Definitely. And I think um, one benefit of the physical, um, sorry, of the one benefit of the um, the online um, world that we've kind of found ourselves um, in at the moment is that lots of students that have gone um, gone home or also gone back home to different countries if they're international students, they're still able to join in with our um, with our 
uh, events and our and our services um, doing one-to-ones and obviously that wouldn't be possible if we were just doing face-to-face so actually we found a really really um, it, well we found the like the online world be really beneficial for like um, staying connected with lots of those students but I do think you're right in the sense that um, there's something very real and tangible about meeting in person and having a cup of tea and I think it it's very sad that we've lost that but I think we're making and everybody is making the best of a difficult situation mm-hmm. yeah and the fact that you've tried your utmost best to move that timetable online and I know that the student meditation sessions are still really popular every day there's still quite at least a dozen students participating um, so I think the service is still open, um, <laughs> but yes, um, yes, the building is closed. So, you yeah, know, the, the kind of the values and the motivation is, is still there. Um, yeah. And how are you finding kind of the transition to remote working and your kind of future in, ter- in this kind of uncertain world? Because I guess we'll be both looking for more jobs <laughs> quite mm-hmm. soon. Yeah, so I personally um, have... Well, I would say when we first moved to on uh, to home working, I really struggled because it was a massive um, change in routine, and I'm someone that benefits massively from having like a strict routine that I was really happy in when when I was working in the building. Um, and when we first moved home, I found it really difficult to adjust. Um, and I, but I think now that I've kind of reestablished a schedule and reestablished a routine, I'm doing much better. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's definitely helped with my like well-being and mental health. Um, but making sure that I'm not putting too much pressure myself to be constantly working because it is a completely different um, different environment and different atmosphere than when you're working in the office and you're able to chat to different people and you know check in when, with one another. So I'm not being too hard on myself about having to take little breaks and having to go outside and get some fresh air which I think is really important because otherwise we can put too much pressure on ourselves um and yeah so so my um contract with the chaplaincy was just a year so it's due to finish next um next month which is um really sad and I'm considering options for next year which um though I'm not worried about I also am aware that it's a very difficult um job market at the moment Mm -hmm. um and it's kind of navigating that is um I'm not going to say stressful because that's not true but it's difficult and I think it's more difficult than it was last year or for other year groups or might be next year um I don't know how have you found it I think yeah, I'm not particularly stressed at the moment. I think in a way this kind of pause on kind of the busyness of life because we're in lockdown has kind of really taken a lot of my stresses away and I just kind of taking every day as it comes. Um, but I have found that, um, I found that it's just, I can't really make sense of kind of, cause I kind of had a clearer vision of maybe where I was headed in terms of, you know, I wanted to do a bit of traveling, but now that's kind of been, <laughs> very swiftly subsided yeah. um so now I've had to just have a rethink and I think mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that I want to do is very in-person orientated and now a lot of the opportunities that are available are very remote working oriented and yeah. I think 
that, although is great for some people, I'm someone who benefits from, yeah, like you said, the structure of being in person. Yeah. And there's a lot of kind of stuff in terms of like mental health and well-being, which would just, even though you can do therapy and stuff in online, it's mm-hmm. it, a lot of that stuff in terms of care work and um, mm. supporting people with learning difficulties has to be done in person so I guess I'm just waiting for like the green light on kind of job opportunities on that because I think there will be obviously a demand for services which support mental health and well-being after this crisis yeah so I see that as an avenue I just don't know kind of when that kind of green light will be of yeah we can now start having interactions with strangers in the workplace Um, Mm. but yeah I definitely know some students have found it quite devastating because they had internships and grad schemes planned and those have now been put brushed to the side but in another sense it does kind of open door uh, I guess everyone is kind of in the same boat as students and opens the door to kind of rethink you know what people value about careers because I now know I want to kind of turn towards more kind of like you know care work and helping Mm. people rather than perhaps more office orientated jobs Mm. definitely yeah um so I guess it's in terms of you now leaving the multi-faith chaplaincy do what would kind of your top kind of memory or kind of blessing from the chaplaincy uh work and being a student Mm. there gosh that was so difficult um because it's, it's strange that um, normally at the end of every academic year, we finish the year off with a, a big barbecue. And I was really excited for that to happen. And obviously that's not going to happen now. Um, and I kind of almost pictured that as being my highlight of the year, even though it hadn't happened yet. Um, I, I think for me, what has been the most amazing thing is as well as the conversations that I've had with students, the conversations that I've had with the chaplaincy team, and um, obviously we have chaplains from most different faith backgrounds, and I, even our chaplains that are Christian, and speaking as Christian, I have just learned so much about um, how different um, Christians and then different um, Uh, people of different religions how they respond to different situations why they believe the way they do and I just feel like through all those different interactions I've learned so much about myself and my faith and who I want to be and how I want to act and I would say that that has probably been the most um, significant thing for this year. That's good yeah because I can imagine that there is because a lot of the chaplains have obviously had a wealth of experience and working in that area that they must have so much wisdom stored in there. Oh, I know definitely. that when oh. Sister Jin Ho in meditation, you know, talks about her, the changes in her life and, you know, mm. accepting all the changes. I'm like, you know, so much. <laughs> yeah, I would just say all the team are incredible and you're right. They're all so wise and I definitely have learned. Yeah. Some serious life lessons from them. Yeah, well, uh, that was a good uh, testament to why students and staff should be participating <laughs> in life in the chaplaincy, I suppose. Exactly. But yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to have the conversation, Sophie. I really welcome yeah. it. Thank you so much for having me, Ian. Yeah.